Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Rich Ordenberger in for Mike Harmon tonight, and a great night for Rich to be in because now the Padres have not one, not two, but three players with $300 million contracts. And according yeah. to Rich, just give everybody the money. It doesn't matter. Whatever you pay, just give it to them. It, it, makes, no, it makes no difference. It could be four, $500 million. It doesn't matter. <laughs> give everybody what they want. Give it everybody. <laughs> give it away. I mean, it isn't my money. I, yeah, and you know what they always say, like, especially the longer you live, they say you can't take it with you. You know, so I, I look at – I look at what Peter Seidler has done. Honestly, build the statue for Peter Seidler outside of uh, Peco Park in San Diego. Because the, the reality is, when you have an owner who's committed, and you can still complain about mistakes made and overpaying this guy here and that guy there, sure, I, I get it. Like, you know, misappropriation of funds is just as egregious as not spending the funds in the first place. After all, this is big boy sports we're talking about. But this guy, at least, is trying. I mean, San Diego is a sports city, not unlike Cleveland, for years and years downtrodden without a world championship in any of its sports. And then finally, the prodigal son came home and LeBron James won a championship for his city. And like three million people showed up to the parade. It was absolutely ridiculous. San Diego's waiting for that moment, but they haven't had... They haven't had real hope 
until all of a sudden Peter Seidler back in 2018 opened the floodgates with the Hosmer deal and and you know he signed Manny Machado in 2019 in 2021 he he signed a 14 year 340 million dollar contract with Fernando Tatis Jr who was supposed to be the face of baseball until this very recent unfortunate PED suspension but I mean they're making a commitment to this team they re-signed Joe Musgrove for a hundred million dollars and now the news comes out tonight the breaking news that Brian Fenley uh, brings to the show 280 million dollars 11-year contract to Xander Bogarts and it officially means the Padres have their shortstop of the future yeah, and, and just, you know, now all the other guys, you got to give them more money because they feel underappreciated. All these guys with not big guys, hey, you got to call them in. Listen, we got to give you some more cash. I'm sorry. You got to get some more money from us because we got to do this thing. Now, look, here's a big thing. We got into this a little bit uh, 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 a few minutes ago is that Fernando Tatis Jr. is a really was a big part of this team. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's going to be very difficult, but if the Padres were presented with a solution where you can say, okay, we can make Fernando Tatis Jr. work in the outfield, or we could trade him. I guarantee you the Padres would say, where can we ship him? What can we do to get out from this contract? Because you got a kid that didn't show any maturity, and you gave him a lot of money. You should have learned from that contract. Boy, we paid a guy we didn't have to. Uh, now that, that could really come back to bite us for like the next 12 years. Um, if they could, they would get rid of him. But I don't know that there's anybody that would take on his contract, knowing that he's got issues off the field and issues staying on the field. Maybe the move to the outfield is going to help, and he's going to commit less errors, and he'll be healthier than he would be playing shortstop. But uh, this is the big thing now. Yeah, you signed your shortstop in Bogarts, and now it's, hey, Tatis is an outfield. I would like to think you'd have that conversation with him before, because as much as you have the leverage in the situation with him and that you need to come back and show us that you are committed to this team, um, uh, you're still making out that check for $300 million for each of the next uh, you know, 12 years. So as much as you think, well, we, got the, we have the moral hammer in this situation, he's the guy getting paid. So th- this could still get sticky. And, and I, I, I would hope the Padres would have a solution because this Tatis Jr. thing, th- this is that sign that I told you, Rich, this is why I can't give contracts like this. I can't give 10, 9, 8, 11-year contracts because they just don't work out and they're awful at the end. And already the Tatis contract is awful and you're a year and a half into it. Yeah, yeah, listen, I, I don't disagree with that. It has been awful, you know, when you think about the fact that he's barely stayed on the field, he's barely been healthy, and then all of a sudden he's tarnished what was overall a really, really happy story about a young guy out of the Dominican who the Padres traded for, and he was an unknown quantity at the time, but was had star potential written all over him, and that's the reason why they signed him so early. He still had arbitration years. They didn't have to do what they did, but they wanted to get ahead of all of that stuff, and, um, and, and good for them. You know, because I, I think fortune favors the bold. I think we see many times when, when you know, a team comes together, the finishing touches need to be put in place, right? You know, you, you draft well, you develop players, uh, everybody uh, uh, comes up through the system, and then you just add a couple of free agents around it, and then boom, you have a winning formula. Well, recently, we've seen a lot of teams go the route of the Padres. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, different sport. But we were talking about this earlier too, Jason, like the fact that you can buy a championship. 
They went out and said, well, screw these draft picks. Why are we bothering developing players? We're going to go out and buy players with draft picks at the NFL level who we know can play. So they brought in edge rushers and cornerbacks, and they brought in a quarterback, and and they 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 got lucky, or, or you could say they skillfully drafted a couple of players in lower rounds, and it all worked out for them. They brought in some free agents during the Super Bowl run, like Von Miller. They traded for Odell Beckham Jr. You know, they made some moves uh, and, and got better toward the end of their season. That's what the Padres are aiming to do. This is a very new formula, or I should say it's sort of the the popular formula in sports to get great real quick. And you can't argue the Padres with Bogarts at shortstop have secured their infield, and they're a real World Series contender. Look at you with your fortune favors of bolts. That means you buy crypto? You, you, you and Matt Damon are buying crypto, doing the commercials with each other? Fortune favors of bold. Oh, I'm holding. Oh, I'm holding. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm buying the dip. We are going up. We're going to the moon, Jason. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show with Rich Ornberger in for Mike Harmon. Now, look, and this gets into the judge story, too, right? Because it completely surprised me. Uh, you know, this is one that I got wrong. All the all the evidence pointed to him leaving for the Giants. He was mad at the Gi- the Yankee front office. He was mad at them all year. He was mad at them for leaking the contract offer in March. He was mad at Randy Levine for saying, hey, Aaron's got to make a decision at the end of the year. He was mad at the Yankees in a Time Magazine interview he just did for Athlete of the Year saying he felt the front office tried to turn the team, uh, turn the fans against him. And he still winds up signing. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get how he was so mad at the front office and didn't talk about staying all year long and then just decides, oh, I'm going to stay. But this is what would make me a great GM. And 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 players might not like me, but they might be a little bit because I say, listen, I'll pay you whatever you want, right? I'll, I'll pay you, you know, for, the, for two, three, four years, depending on your age. I'll give you tons of money, man. If you're a superstar and the highest AAV that a player has is $40 million, and I think you're better than that, I'll give you $45 million a year. I'll give you $48 million a year, but I'm going to do it for two or three years because eventually it's going to come to a, to a head where, boy, this is going to be a logjam for me and my organization can be stuck for five years if we're paying you when we're not competitive or you are no longer the player you are or you're not or you're injured and I still have to pay you that money because that's a that's a big deal. I need flexibility and teams need flexibility to get out of deals and that's why none of these 10-11 year deals wind, wind up working out the long run. They always... Two, three, four years, great. We're going we're gonna to do it now. But eventually you're going to pay because all those contracts are guaranteed. And so for Aaron Judge, I would have never given him nine years and $360 million. The guy's 30 years old. He's a bigger guy. You just had the best of him. And now, okay, now we're going to give you $360 million. Um, okay, for the next three or four years, this is going to be a good deal. But... Judge eventually is going to slow down. You got to hope he stays healthy, but maybe he doesn't. And maybe your team is not good. And maybe something happens and you want to get out of this deal and you can't do it. There's so many things that can go wrong with a 10, not 8, 9, 10, 11 year contract. I'm happy when my team doesn't give it out. Look at me, as a Mets fan, I love Francisco Lindor. Am I excited we're paying him until he's 39 years old? No, of course not. And we're giving him almost $30 million a year until he's 39. But it, it was the price of getting him, and I'm like, okay, the next few years are going to be good, but eventually it's going to be really difficult. It, it happens. And and the thing is, is that you you go in so much 
for the next two or three years. And whether you win or not, that next six or seven years after that can be just a wasteland. I mean, look look at the Tigers. Just for just one team, just one team that signed a guy to a ton of money. This is a team that was a World Series team a couple of times, and Miguel Cabrera was the best hitter in baseball. And let's give him like a basically a lifetime contract of thirty million dollars a year. What happened? Right away, he stopped hitting, stopped staying healthy. But what can you do? You got to play him when he's healthy, and he's not hitting the ball. He's not the player he was, and when he's in the lineup. So now not only are you paying a guy a lot of money, you also are playing a guy that's not and that's not the player he used to be. There's so many things that can go wrong over that long period of time, and that's why these deals, I'm like, I just can't do it. And I always say, I'm glad it's not my money. And my money, I mean, it's not my team paying. Because, you know, no, it's not my money, someone else paying. I'm just glad it's not my money. Being, I'm glad it's not my team's money. I love the gamble for Justin Verlander. Two years and $86 million, boy, that's a lot of money. But you know what? In two years, if it doesn't work out, guess what? We're taking that money and it's going someplace else. No, We're I not locked it. into paying Justin Verlander until he's 48 years old. I get it. I get it. But but those that's the nature of those contracts and the reality of these contracts where a guy is hovering near 30, right? Whether he's 27, 28, 29, 30 years old, you're going to pay him 10 years and you're going to pay him if he's an all-star and he's a consistent player and he's won championships. Uh, you're going to pay him something north of $200 million a year these days in Major League Baseball. That is just the going rate. It's sort of like walking into a car dealership and saying, hey, listen, I know you guys are selling the, the brand new uh, Mercedes C-Classes. But I want to pay used cars prices for that. You understand? They're going to say, okay, sir, please, please kindly leave. No, 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 no. <laughs> listen, listen. I don't think you heard me. I'm going, <clears throat> I want to buy this new car for a used car price. Do we have a deal? And they're going to say, security, please escort this crazy person out. <laughs> and, and you're going to have to leave the car lot and, and you're not going to have a car. It, it, that's what that's what the going rate is. So if you want to drive away in something fancy, you know, if you want to drive away in something luxury, you're going to go ahead and have to pay for it. Now, if you want a a, a a used luxury vehicle, a Verlander is a really nice choice. And you know what? You could have some really good times in that car. And I'm not saying you won't. But but when we're talking about a Xander Bogarts or, you know, the potentiality of a Fernando Tatis Jr. or the Manny Machado deal when they signed it back in 2019, you know, or, or any of these deals. Trey Turner just signing the, the contract he signed with the Phillies. Bryce Harper before him with the Phillies. Aaron Judge, moments ago we were talking about that contract with the Yankees. All these contracts, you're just paying what market price is, and yeah, you're going to lose on the back end of those contracts, but so is every other owner in baseball. It's the cost of doing business with the big boys in the big leagues. Yeah, I would still contend. I'd give people a lot, and every two years I'd reinvent myself. I'd be like, I'd be like a fashionista. Hey, you know, I'm not wearing the burlap and leather, and the, I'm not wearing the, the, the pajama <laughs> pants and the MC Hammer pants now. I wore those two years ago now. Now I'm into thin, tight leather pants. Nope, now I'm out of leather pants, and I'm into parachute pants. Nope, now I'm, now I'm into blue jeans. Now, every couple of years I reinvent myself, and I stay with the times. It, it, it would work for me. I mean, you're in the same pair of pants now for like 11 years, Rich, and eventually those pair of pants, I mean, you can't wear pants like that every day he just can't do it man. yeah I'll, eventually i'll knock the button off the front of those things because <laughs> the holidays buddy i 
can't push away the pumpkin pie. It's just not in the. It's oh, oh, oh man. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, and and I, I the reality is I agree with you. I really do. Like if if I could be a general manager and get away with all the things you were just talking about, it makes sense. But the but but if you're gonna do that in actuality, you know who you become. You become the Tampa Bay Rays. You become a team that never holds on to any of their stars, never signs a big free agency contract. They develop stars, and then they ship them off before they have to pay them. And they're always good. They're always in playoff contention, and maybe they'll even make a deep run here or there. But you never really develop the fan base around the team because nobody can buy the jerseys because – you never know if that player is going to be sticking around long enough. Whereas, you know, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Padres now all of a sudden, the Astros for years here, like you can you can count on certain stars being there for a while because they've made long-term commitments. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big night Major League Baseball. We saw Xander Bogart sign with the Padres. What's next for Carlos Correa? Big night in the NBA as the Celtics decided to put a stamp on the conversation of who's the best team in the league right now. Because even though we're only a third of the way through the season, Rich, um, it's it, it may not even be close with anybody else in the Celtics right now. They just go into Phoenix, and they were winning 95-4 to at the end of the third quarter, and they just blow the doors off a team that up until tonight was the number one team in the Western Conference. The Celtics just found a way... Uh, and, and they're kind of a different team from last year. They're not quite as good defensively as they were, but offensively, they have really picked it up. And, and right now, I mean, there's nobody even close to them. I mean, it's every night it's we're going into a city, we're winning by double digits. And once every seven games, we'll take an L and, and a close one. And that's kind of been their mode for the past few weeks. It's really, really impressive. Maybe Ime Udoka wasn't that great a coach. I mean, all this, oh, you know, maybe he wasn't that great a coach because look at what they're doing without him. Yeah, I, I, I don't buy into the coach being all that important outside of playing armchair psychologist for these players. You know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Occasionally, in terms of the actual scheme and the X's and O's and timeouts called at appropriate times and, you know, game flow from that standpoint and inbound plays. Like, yeah, maybe somebody can see something and draw something up from the sideline that's really going to impact how the game is played. But look, players win championships, especially in the NBA. So was he an impactful coach? Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And he took a young team uh, with a lot of potential for future growth uh, to the the uh, final matchup of the season. But, but uh, again, the reality is it's the players who win these games. So it doesn't matter if it's Ime or anybody, the Celtics are going to be great. And they're, they're continuing on this warpath because they have potential to be great for a long time. Note to self, Rich Ornberger says, Bill Belichick, not a great head coach. Not I specifically said in not, the NBA. No, I, in I, I, the I, NBA. I, I didn't hear that. I didn't <laughs> no, 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 no. This is no. that Peyton Manning, David Beckham commercial. You said soccer. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You said soccer. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, you know, look, the, the, the NBA, there's, a definite, there's definitely a, a different emphasis on what's important, right? Because in the NBA, it's about, okay – Yes, continue to develop players, you know, make sure you have guys or you have guys on your staff that develop them. They they fit in the system with what you're doing. But a lot of it on great teams is okay, let's not get in somebody's way, right? Like that's what you know, look, it, not, not not to compare it, but like, you know, I've been a youth coach for a long time and there's certain players that I coach where I just go, "Okay, you're someone I just don't want to get in. I don't want to screw you up too much. I'm going to give you a little bit here and there, but you know, I, if I get too involved with you, it's it's just going to screw you. You're really good at at what you do and just want to keep that going." And you look at the Celtics. They were already really good. And now, how do you manage the egos? How do you motivate them to being able to play the best they can every single night? And that's the biggest thing. 
you know, that's what you look for in, in, in an NBA head coach. It's not a lot. Like, when you look at an NFL coach, it's okay. What kind of scheme do they have? Are they scheme over player? Do they identify talent well? How well do they draft when they have input on the draft? It's all of these things. For an NBA head coach, it's, okay, do we have a guy that's going to walk into the locker room that has cachet with the players, right? Is he going to get a buy-in to what he wants to teach them? Great. Are they in a position to succeed? Like, is he, does he have a roster that they can win games going out there because they're going to out-talent a lot of teams? Yes. Okay, can he continue to get them to play for each other and not lose focus over the course of the season? Yeah. So that, that's, that's some of the big stuff going on in the NBA, and, and Missoula right now is pushing all those right buttons. They come out motivated from the NBA Finals after losing when they potentially could have won, and they're continuing to develop offensively. Their young players are getting better, and here they are right now, and it's let's just make sure we keep this on the track. Let's not get derailed by any reason. Let's not worry about anybody if someone isn't playing as well because something's going on. No, let's keep this thing on the track and keep it going because that's really – you know, into, into your point about what's the most important thing for NBA head coaches going forward when they're coaching good teams. Yeah, well, listen, I, I mean, Joe Mazzulla, I give him credit. He's having a successful start to his 2022-2023 campaign with the Boston Celtics. However, I mean, let's just put in other names, right? Tyron Liu or Darvin Ham or I, Jason Kidd or – Nick Nurse, like how much different would the Celtics look? My answer is not much different. I just really don't think there would be that big of a difference. Now, unless it's an unmitigated train wreck, like it becomes very clear very early that this coach does not get along with the locker room. The locker room doesn't trust him. And and I think you used a word there that's really important. You're a smart guy. You watch basketball. You understand how important cachet is, especially in an NBA locker room, these guys need to respect you. They need to respect you. Otherwise, they will run you out of the gym. And if they don't have your respect, if, if you're not someone they trust, who they can talk to, who they go to for advice, you are not going to last. Because not only do these players have to get along with each other at 30,000 feet in the tube, they also got to get along with the assistant coaches and the head coach. And if they don't, then that's the rub. That's where things start to fall apart. So right now, Missoula is doing a great job with Boston, and I'm not, I'm not trying to take necessarily credit away from him. I'm just trying to give credit where I feel it's appropriate to the players on the court who are actually beating the doors off of the Suns in this game tonight because I didn't see Missoula make a single free throw. No, he didn't. No, you're right. No, and I get it. And I get that you're thinking, you know, when you said, hey, getting along at 30,000 feet, I'm picturing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, doing high knees like Russell Wilson all the way. I just right. do high knees up and down, high <laughs> knees up and down, high knees up and down. Everybody down. knows that's a winning strategy to yeah. just make your teammates feel comfortable <laughs> and, and not make them, you know, you know, cringe and frown as you walk by. Yes. <laughs> Twitter at about a fresca, Rich at Ornberger, the Jason Smith show, Richio in for Harmon. Any first responder will tell you never try to beat a train after braking. It could take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop because trains, well, they can't. Uh, big stuff out of the NBA. And we talked a little bit about Russell Wilson uh, uh, an hour ago and to get into him and Tom Brady here a little bit, because, you know, Russell Wilson is someone 
who, as we see his future, like we, we keep lumping Russell Wilson with Brady and Rodgers of, hey, what's their future going to be like for next year? Brady's up in the air. Maybe he teams up with Sean Payton. Maybe this is it for him because if he doesn't show that he's back to being Tom Brady the next few weeks, he may not have any offers coming his way. Aaron Rodgers is going to be about money and, and what the Packers decide to do with Jordan Love. But Russell Wilson, and I, I know you're hot on this, is that I don't see the doom and gloom past this year for the Broncos. I see doom and gloom this year because this was an impossible situation for Denver to try to manage. Okay, here comes Russell Wilson, and he's going to be the savior. And now here's a first-time head coach, and we're going to try to make it all work at once. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. And it starts out rough. They start out losing the game in Seattle, and right away you question Nathaniel Hackett and his decision-making, and it just never got off. Uh, it just never got better than that. There was no honeymoon period. Every time you read something about Russell Wilson, it's the players don't like him. He's calling out audibles from when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. It's just no good. But I always thought this year was going to be rough. And after this year, when the Broncos say, okay, what we need is a CEO head coach, someone to come in either with a a desire to to form the offensive system around Wilson or to have a hotshot OC with a system that works with around what Wilson does – this is when things will get better. Someone coming in that can take all the problems and deal with them, and that the players in the locker room can say, okay, coach has it. I don't have to worry about coming in every day, hearing a question about Russell Wilson and, and, and him running high knees at, at 30,000 feet. Pete Carroll was able to deal with all that stuff in Seattle. They were able to win. So I just look at next year, once they get a look at this year and what didn't work, okay, let's make sure we do the things that will work next year. And with a new head coach that has a little bit more experience and can and can be have that CEO type approach. I, I think next year is going to be great for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I you know what I I I have a hard time believing that it's going to be great unless Russell Wilson truly turns a corner and, and turns it around. I mean, it's all contingent on him because they've leveraged their future for him. Next year, they don't have a first rounder either because of the draft picks that they had to send away to Seattle in order to get Russell Wilson. So they're stuck. And and it's not just for this season. It's for next season too. Now, if there's some daylight toward the end of this season, if, if Russell Wilson can show that, you know, maybe this is something that he's I, – I, I, I don't even want to say a lost cause – that's that's way too harsh. There's I don't believe that you could possibly look at Russell Wilson and say, well, there's nothing left in the tank. And I, I see a competitor. I see a guy who's struggling because he's unfamiliar with these players still. It still looks uncomfortable. The timing's been off. This offensive line's been terrible. They haven't opened much lanes in the running game or pass protecting particularly well. And, and this offense has been... I, lackluster, and that's the reason why you brought in Nathaniel Hackett in the first place was to fix this Denver offense to make it go better, to make it look, I assume at least, more like what Green Bay was doing with Aaron Rodgers. It has not worked. It's a bad scheme fit for Russell Wilson, that's clear. So uh, the only way, it's all contingent on that one thing, that one aspect. If Russell Wilson has a dynamite year next year, everybody's going to look at this story completely different, but it's but it's really all him on his talent, his play, and what happens next year with the quarterback in Denver. All right, now let's get to Brady for a minute. 
because you know this situation with him and 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 maybe he winds up playing next year. He had the big comeback uh, on Monday Night Football when they were down. He played awful for fifty five minutes, but leads him down for two touchdowns. I look at him as a guy that is playing for his NFL life over the course of the next few weeks because there was not a lot of interest in him when he first became a free agent. And, you know, Tampa Bay was, hey, we're at the top of the list. Oh, there's really nobody else. There's the Chargers a little bit, and that's that's kind of it. Oh, okay. So now if you're Brady coming off of this, whether or not it's his fault or not and how much you want to blame Brady for the Bucks not being able to score points – I, I don't see there being a real robust market for teams saying, yes, we're we're Tom Brady away from a championship. And, and they may even left less interest at the end of this year than there was two years ago. And if that's the case, he's got to go right to the broadcast booth and say, I'm, I'm going to take that $37 million a year from Fox and go because he, he may not have a choice. It may not be if, if he wants to play next season. It might be, well, I, I don't really see a landscape where someone's going to give me a gig and I don't want to go somewhere for a year and be someone that has to prove it for a year to get another year for a deal. I'm Tom Brady. I'm not going to do that. Uh, What do you see with Brady going on now the last few weeks and what he's got the next few weeks? Well, what's so fascinating about this whole conversation is, and and you you know what, and no offense to Fox, but I, I remember earlier in the season, they tweeted out something like Tom Brady is going to be a part of our broadcast team the week of the Super Bowl. I wanted to tweet back. He may be in the Super Bowl. He's leading his division currently, or he was in second place at that time. I was just like, "What are we even talking about?" You know. And, and look, there were, the reason why that tweet went out, uh, and and understandably so, was because there's excitement when you have the opportunity to have arguably the greatest player who's ever played the game on your broadcast team, you're going to want to hear his insights. You'd assume automatically that there's going to be more interest in in your your pregame show and your po- in your halftime and your post with Tom Brady there breaking down the action because he's seen it all, done it all a million times over. His insight is that valuable that they're paying him, you know, some absurd amount of money as a safety net after his career finishes with whichever team it's going to be. Now, in terms of Tom Brady, the competitor, look, I had three years with him in New England and I remember one time I'll tell you this story I remember one time I sat down at the lunch table and uh, Tom's sitting there next to me and I just start picking his brain and you know I'm just like man you know what does it take you know because I'm a rookie I don't know anything. This guy's been in 10 years. He's won three Super Bowls. He's been to four. I'm like, what does it take? And, you know, he's giving me these amazing answers. And I'm asking him personal questions, too, about his upbringing and and what led him to football. And I had a very odd, you know, upbringing in sports. You know, I thought I was going to play lacrosse in college. You know, football came to me late. And, you know, we got to know each other a little bit. And you know what I did? I walked away from that conversation. I go to myself, geez, you know what? It's a really good thing that I had that conversation with Tom because he's probably not going to be doing this for very much longer. You know, I just I'm so glad. And it turns out I am now eight years retired and he's still playing. He's still playing. And so, I mean, just completely missed on that one. But like, you know, I'm just like, geez, yeah, I was like proud of myself. I'm like, I really, I really pumped him for all the information on his way out of the league. You know, just couldn't have called that one. But, you know, part of the things that he shared with me was he is so in love with this game. 
Like the reason, like it's the reason for him. Like there's people, you know, whatever it is, you wake up, it's your family, your kids, your, 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 you know, your, your hobbies, your interests, you know, whatever it is that gets you out of bed. And his is football. It is football, football, football. And I think until this dude, his arm is falling off his body. I think he's going to keep trying to throw the football and he's proving that he still got it. I mean, that comeback victory, was ridiculous it's it's he still can do it it's just a matter of can the bucks pull it together in time now where he plays i'll i'll say this i think his time in tampa bay is done i i i doubt if he'll come back for another year in tampa so if he does play another year could it be in san francisco I mean, they may be actively shopping for a quarterback this offseason. Could it be in Las Vegas? Is there a possibility that Devontae Adams would be cool playing with Tom Brady if they traded Derek Carr away somewhere else? Could it be back in New England? I don't know, but it sort of feels like the story's over for Brady in Tampa Bay. Rich Ornberger wearing his TB12 recovery pajamas while he tells you about the life and what Tom Brady told him to be successful in the NFL. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast is 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Rich Ordenberger in for Mike Harmon. Any first responder will tell you never try to beat a train after braking. It could take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop because trains can't. Well, we got Thursday night football coming up tomorrow. And, you know, a matchup that looked great in the beginning of the season. Eh, you know what? It doesn't look terrible. Yes, it looks bad for the Rams, who are now going to finish out the season, and maybe we see Baker Mayfield uh, tomorrow night for a little bit. But I'll tell you what, Rich, this is like, isn't this peak Raiders, right? Like, just when everything looks like it's lost and they're going to be the raw, oh, look at the Raiders. They lose to the Colts and Jeff Saturday's debut and McDaniels is going to get fired. No, what do the Raiders do? They beat three teams with Pretty decent defenses, teams they're fighting with to make the playoffs. And now suddenly the Raiders are sitting around, hey, we're 5-7. and seven. We're scoring a lot of points. We're pretty good. This is like peak Raiders, whether it's Oakland or Vegas. It doesn't matter. This is what the Raiders do. Yeah, they, they're raidering, as as I commonly <laughs> refer to it. It's a verb. Uh, it's something we see every single season, regardless of the coach, regardless of the city. This is uh, this very apropos, and I I think it's uh it's an interesting season for Josh McDaniels because he started out as the heel, even though they were losing a lot of close games. And it felt like dysfunction was starting to take hold, right? You know, you start hearing that maybe some of there's infighting in the locker room and all this. Well, winning cures everything, and that's exactly what they're doing. It's what Josh McDaniels was hoping to establish earlier in the season, I'm sure. But, yeah, man, they got a chance at the postseason. I mean, it's ridiculous to say, but the Raiders (laughs) could be a playoff team. And I'm telling you, I'm going to say they keep the good times rolling tomorrow. I'm going to say 31-13, Raiders with the win. We do see Baker Mayfield. He plays 
possibly the majority of the game. I think that you know it's it's unknown when he's going to play. Are they going to you know let him start the game? Is he going to come in for the? You know? But I think we see him for the majority of the game, and it's going to be an interesting storyline. But it's not going to stop the Raiders from their fourth win in a row, and suddenly it's going to be. The Raiders can't make the playoffs. Okay, here they are, six and seven. Well, they, and they got their what? They got New England. They could beat New England. They can beat Pittsburgh. Suddenly, they can be over five hundred. I think the Raiders keep the good times rolling tomorrow night. I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be probably a lower scoring game than that, and I think it's going to be a close fight, like many of their games have been this season. But I completely agree with you. I, I see the Raiders on a four-game win streak, and I see all of us talking on Monday about how. Hang on, hold on to your horses. We have a new dark horse out of the AFC, and it is it is the horse that Josh McDaniels rode in on. And I, I can't believe we're able to say this because it really was looking bleak for a while there. But, yeah, turn around midseason, and here we are. I think we're going to be talking on Monday how you thought you were going to play longer than Tom Brady. Yeah, I think that's the that's the big yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, that 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 also did happen, didn't it? That did happen. Good uh, lord. Twitter and how about a fresca? Rich at Ornberger. Rich, great stuff, man. Tons of fun. Go get some sleep. Good luck tomorrow morning. Thank right, you. Buddy. Thank you. Ben Maller's coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.